live from the WLIWFM studio in Southampton, New York on Friday, October 6th, 2023. I'm Gianna Volpe. Town of Brookhaven leaders had a choice after a whistleblower alleged that the Wiest incinerator where he worked had sent hazardous ash to the town landfill, potentially polluting air and water in surrounding communities. Town officials could have joined the case and pursued damages on behalf of the community, or they could have rejected the claims and sided with a vendor that it shared a profitable contract with. They chose to back the vendor. A Newsday investigation found that vendor, Covanta Hempstead, which burns Long Island's garbage for energy, denies wrongdoing and asserts that its ash never has been proved hazardous. But internal emails and memos newly filed in an ongoing lawsuit show that top Brookhaven officials supported the company over whistleblower Patrick Fahey, despite evidence that employees at its Westbury facility suspected for years that its ash practices were risky, imprecise, and contrary to what they represented to their regulators at the state DEC. Paul LaRocco reporting on Newsday.com that private correspondence further reveals that Covanta Hempstead's on-site DEC monitor left out negative information from inspection reports, declined to issue a confirmed violation, and even appeared to tip off the company that it was under state investigation. The lawsuit allegations center on how the facility for nearly a decade handled the two types of ash generated from its incineration process before the material was delivered to the landfill at a clip of roughly a half million tons per year. The lawsuit alleges the ash the company dumped at the Brookhaven landfill between 2006 and 2014 wasn't mixed like the samples submitted to the DEC. According to records, rather pure fly ash was layered into trucks with bottom ash in a way that sometimes worried Covanta engineers and truck drivers. In other news, high school seniors will get a break this fall as SUNY and CUNY schools uh, and for the first time over 40 private colleges and universities are waiving fees for college applications this month. New York Governor Kathy Hochul announced yesterday. Carol Polsky reporting on Newsday.com that college applications will be free for two weeks starting October 16th through the 29th at all 64 SUNY system schools. CUNY is waiving application fees across all 25 campuses all month for high school seniors in New York City, public schools, and for all state residents who apply as a freshman between October 16th and 31st. While some community colleges are waiving fees year-round, those on Long Island will waive them for two weeks Starting October 16th, admissions to CUNY Community Colleges is guaranteed to high school graduates. Private institutions, including Adelphi and Malloy Universities on Long Island, have uh, varying waiver periods. Adelphi and Garden City and Malloy and Rockville Center are waiving fees all month long. Fee waivers are a highlight of the state's college application month, part of a growing national observance that began in 2005. The New York Higher Education Services Corps, SUNY and CUNY, will host in-person and virtual events to inform high school students about college options and financial aid and assist in completing applications. The SUNY events are listed at suny.edu slash attend slash events. Also in schools, Riverhead School Superintendent Augustine Tornator has taken a leave of absence through October 23rd, according to a resolution passed by the Board of Education, acting at hastily called at a hastily called special meeting yesterday afternoon. At the same meeting, the Riverhead School Board appointed William Galati, the district's executive director for secondary education, grants, and student outcomes as interim superintendent. His appointment is effective today through the 23rd of October, according to a second resolution passed by the board at Thursday's meeting. Prior to these actions, Assistant Superintendent Lori Kerner was reassigned to her home, according to BOE President Colin Palmer. 
Denise Civiletti and Alec Lewis reporting on RiverheadLocal.com that the reassignment followed an incident involving a dispute between Kerner and another district staff member that reportedly occurred last week on school district po- property. Palmer declined to say whether Tornator would be returning to his position in the district. Quote, he already had a vacation scheduled from October 13th through the 23rd. Palmer said he'll be using paid personal leave from October 6th through October 12th. Tornator was appointed superintendent in April 2021. Effective July 1st of 2021, he signed a three-year employment contract with the district that will expire at the end of the current school term. And finally, for decades, the Federal Aviation Administration required public airports to purchase, store, and train with the fire-suppressing foams that are now being blamed for chemical contamination of groundwater supplies across the nation, including in Wainscott because of their use at East Hampton Airport, Michael Wright reporting on 27East.com that despite the role of the federal agency, the work of addressing the resulting contamination has been slow, though that is largely due to the complicated nature of grasping the full extent of groundwater contamination plumes and how best to address them. The East Hampton Airport site, which has been declared a Superfund site by the state, is likely still as much as uh, f- five to ten years Likely to be still as much as five to ten years away from any remediation work. The attorney representing the town in the investigation of the contamination at the airport said this week, quote, across the country, airports were actually required to purchase this foam and store it on site by the FAA. The attorney, Nicholas Rijano, told the East Hampton Town Board this past Tuesday, he gave the board an update on the investigation into the contamination at the airport which has been determined to be mostly emanating from three locations, the fire equipment station at the airport, an East Hampton Fire Department training facility on Industrial Road, and the site of a small plane crash at the end of one of the airport's runways where the foam was sprayed decades ago. Reggiano said after all of the data collection and site investigation work is completed, there will be a public hearing and comment period to determine if more information is needed before a remediation action plan is developed. Reading the weather in Riverhead in honor of Jay Foster from the Lunacy Commission, joining us for the Friday morning tea, underwritten by Village Overhead Doors at the bottom of the hour, looking like a 30% chance of showers today, patchy fog before 9, but it's 9.13, so uh, cloudy, cloudy Friday with a high near 70 degrees, southeast wind, 8 to 10 miles per hour tonight. A 50% chance of showers, cloudy otherwise, with a low around 61 degrees. East wind around 9 miles per hour. Right now, it's 67 degrees. And we've got the Katie Did edition planned for you this morning, all wrapped around Lunacy Commission's Katie Did from their self-titled EP, just recently released in September. Uh, let's see, Bob Schneider, Pacific Radio, on deck, but first, Fred Eaglesmith on Long Island's only local NPR radio station, WLIWFM. Joe tried 
We're going to actually tuck all the rest of the Katie tracks in our back pocket. 
because uh, it's the Katie did edition. So the rest of the songs are going to be basically dids. We do have Lunacy Commissions, Katie did, obviously, from their brand new self-titled EP. And then the Libertines, what Katie did. And then we'll go to the Spinto Band, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, did I tell you? Did I let you know? Did I tell you Jay Foster would be on with us this morning? Yes, I did. Uh, So this is the Friday morning tea underwritten by Village Overhead Doors, the bottom of the 9 o'clock hour, a little after midnight. If you're listening to the replay and we're going, uh, wait a minute, we're not going to Riverhead. You live in Riverhead, but where do you work? West Hampton Beach? Uh, I work in in West Hampton Beach. Okay. And what do you do? Because I heard you're there. I am there. So I uh, I do project estimating for a residential construction remodeling company. Okay. Yeah. Tell us more. I'm sorry, Jan. Say I that said again? tell us more. Tell us more about your job. Um, well, usually what happens is people want to do something in their house, whether they want an addition, a bathroom, or a kitchen. They don't know where to start. They call me. And I kind of connect the dots for people, put it together, and, um, you know, then our construction team goes in there and makes beautiful, beautiful renovations. Do you guys get involved at all with COs, uh, CFOs? Because I remember reading a, a piece uh, just the other morning about uh, CFOs and, and one community that's looking to put it into code uh, to have folks that do projects kind of uh, forces them to get a CFO uh, because there are uh, some who do not and then sell the house. Yeah. They, well, we, we try to not get involved in that, okay. um, but you know, it's, it's an, it's an, you know, it's one of those things that, that we have to do, like in order to get a building permit, in order to close it out, you know, everything has to be up to, you know, Southampton, East Hampton codes, and then they would issue you the certificate of occupancy. Right. Right. Yeah. Is that is? I mean, it's it's a bureaucratic process, right? Is it like really involved? It is very involved. It's uh, it's it is very bureaucratic. I mean, honestly, though, like at this point now, I've been doing it for so long. It's kind of it's kind of fun for me to <gasps> do the whole permitting and put all the pieces in places. Don't tell. Don't tell it's my. It's like boss that, it's but... like a puzzle. I mean, I can it see really that. It really is. You know, it's like a little treasure hunt. Like, yes. oh, we're going to need this from the engineer and this from, yeah, you know? I, You know what? I do understand that because it was very, it's, uh, these things are tough, but it can, if you get yourself into that space and then you're like, oh, now I have the, comp-, nothing feels better than a completed application. I got to tell you. Oh, I know. Well, then, but you have to remember, you also get turned down two or three times. Then you yeah. have to go back, okay. What are we missing? You know, and then you're going back on your treasure hunt. So. I think I would be. I think I would be nervous about uh, going to like a a public hearing. You know, like oh, I want to add a pool or a deck or whatever it is. I, I don't. I don't yeah, know what, I, what you. I haven't. I haven't done that yet. Um, I think I would be nervous to do that too. Yeah, because you know I'm a nice person, but like you know I've I've also been to meetings like this, and like mm-hmm. you know. I would be so I would be so scared. Yeah, no, uh, me too. Me too, definitely. I don't know, maybe 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 one day, but nothing in the near future. All right, so so let's talk about your other job, which is being a badass musician. Tell me about the <laughs> Lunacy Commission. It's funny because yesterday I had Carly Ridersleeve on and I was asking how she met Morgan Saint and she said, "Oh, we had the same manager at the same time." And I was like, Stefano Stefano Benedetto and she said yes and I would then I was getting ready for today's show and I was like wait a minute these are Jojo's boys too so I was yeah. like so so tell me everything about the band about uh the EP tell me everything sure sure so um so Chris the guitar player and I have been playing music together since we were like 14 or 15 years old nice. um and just for a point of reference I'm now 41 so it's been quite some time nice um we played in a we played in a punk band back in the mid late 90s and uh that's that's kind of where we you know me and Chris connected and, and music and, and and playing and writing and stuff like that and then you know flat Fast forward to, you know, wait, don't fast forward. Don't fast forward. I want to hear about the scene in the 90s and where you guys played and what you were called. And, 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 uh, you know, because I, 
I grew up in Jersey, in North Jersey, okay. and so I know what the scene was like there, and I don't know anything about what it was like out here. So tell well, me, tell it was, me. Re- it was- it was it was awesome. So I mean, it was all like you know you heard local bands by your friends giving you mixtapes and stuff like that. And, right. You know, to me, like the local scene was it was it was it, it, once I found out that you didn't have to be a huge rock star to play music and play in front of people at like local VFW halls, the Medford VFW Hall. Um, we used to do a lot of shows at this place called, oh God, uh, the Roadhouse Pub. It was like in Center Reach and it was a bar. But for some reason, like they let us, like, you know, we were 16, 17 years old. They let us have these shows there. And, you know, we, we had like 11 bands on it one nice. time. Um, no, it was great. It was great. But it was a different landscape then, you know what I mean? It was all your friends. We made flyers. We put them up at the underground record stores, which aren't around anymore. Um, you know, we made cassette tapes and we sold them and stickers and CDs and stuff. And, you know, that's how we <sighs> kind of spread the music, you know? I mean, it, yes. it, it was really cool. It was a really tight scene and a lot of really, really talented bands. Right. What was your band called, um, by the way? We were called The Show Off. Nice. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, a lot of really cool bands came out of came out of Long Island. You know, Take Me Back Sunday, Brand New, Glass Shaw, a ton of others and stuff like that. Um, you know, we we ended up doing a little tour. We bought a van and we went up and down the East Coast. <clears throat> and um, you know, and then we kind of got older and fell apart and like fell fell apart in the band and the music scene and stuff like that. And uh, and then basically during COVID, uh, the peak of COVID, the summer. Um, you know, right during the, that, that like quarantine time, Nick, a friend of mine, uh, we were sitting in my backyard and we're like, hey, let's start a band. Let's start a punk band and play four chords. I'm like, Stop. yes, I have a guitar player. And, um, and then we, 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 we call, I called Chris and he's like, yeah, I'd love to do it. And that's kind of how it started. I love this. I love this. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm see now. I'm tempted to play the the track, but then uh, we we would we would be done with our segment. So tell me about putting together the EP. So the EP was, you know, we had a couple of songs written, and you know, I mean, what do you do with these songs? You can continue to play them live, but we needed to get them on. You know, we needed to get them on on tracks, and uh, you know, the first song on the EP, Chris and I wrote and like 1999 and it was just one of those songs that nice. we've always had and never recorded it so we finally did and uh we recorded at mike watts movie studio in port jeff station and they just do a fantastic job you know really getting the best performances out of us and his mixes are just incredible and we're very very happy with it all right so have you been playing out and uh are we going to be able to see you guys this fall um, I don't, we don't have anything booked for the fall. Um, I'm thinking there might be something coming up in December, but I will definitely let you know. Okay. And where can, where can venues or people find you if they want to book you? Um, so we do everything. Basically people find us through Instagram. So it's okay. lunacy.commission, uh, Instagram. Also we're on Facebook and, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think we have a YouTube channel, but, uh, no one really manages manages it but it's there <laughs> nice nice all right so tell me about <laughs> tell me about katie did uh it's a softer track uh but tell me a little bit about this song well chris wrote this song so this is this is this is like a track that um is very very not what we usually play you know, yes it's, it's all acoustic there's no vocals yes. or anything like that um chris the guitar player got married three weeks ago <gasps> so yeah yeah so, like, as a surprise for his wife, he, he uh, recorded this track and um, then played it when they walked down the aisle. It's really, really beautiful. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Okay, and it's and it's uh, current, so it's very journalistic of us to play this. Right, yeah. Aw, because Katie did. Katie did, yeah. Oh, Jay, this was fun. We got to have you guys in the studio with us next time. Uh, very excited. So, lunacy at lunacy.commission. You can find them on Instagram. I'm Gianna Volpe. That was Jay Foster. And this is Lunacy Commission on WLIWFM's Morning and Midnight Show, The Heart of the East. And 88.3 on the FM dial throughout eastern Long Island and coastal Connecticut, 96.9 in central and western Suffolk County, streaming online. 
online to wherever you may be at WLIW.org slash radio. Very best. Uh, a lifetime of happiness to Katie and Chris. We'll be back. to me to play the romantic wedding track on a punk record uh, I'd probably play the punk track on a pop record play a little libertines right now 
It's from their self-titled record of 2004. It's What Katie Did on WLI, WFM, NPR Radio. Sweet, sweet girl But it's a cruel, cruel world A cruel, cruel world But things are none too strong, Katie Hurry up, Mrs. Brown I can feel it coming down And it won't take none too long But since you said goodbye The polka dots fill my eyes And I don't know why to the Spinto Band. You get a little bit of it all here on WLI, WFM's Heart of the East End, Morning and Midnight Show.
Bare Naked Ladies and Sharon leading you in CNPR Newsbreak at the top of the hour. But first, a little chili peppers on WLIWFM. gonna tuck bare naked ladies in my back pocket you can find did i say that out loud from the grinning streak record on the full playlist when it's posted at wliw.org slash radio it usually goes live around noon i'm jenna volpe this is fleetwood mac and you whoever you are out there you are awesome you're listening to wliwfm long island's only npr radio station
All right. So just taking a second here. We're going to do a half century jump forward in time right now between Fleetwood Mac's Did You Ever Love Me from the Penguin record to Morgan Saints single Did You Lose Your Heart. Um, We had Morgan's spouse, Carly, on the air with us yesterday morning. Uh, We played one of her more recent singles on this plane to London, and then we got a sneak preview of Go Go Running. If you missed it, uh, and you don't want to listen to the archive and find it in the file, worry not for Go Go Running dropped today. So very excited and very excited for the both of them. Fabulous human beings. Um, this is Morgan Saint. I'm Gianna Volpe. Bunny hopping past bare naked ladies uh, to play Sharon's Did You Ever Hear the Robin Sing to lead you into the NPR news break at the top of the hour. Uh, stay with us. We've got Julia Mintz joining us at the bottom of the next hour to talk about her critically acclaimed award-winning documentary film Four Winters about the Jewish partisan fighters who battled the Nazis for four years during World War II while living in the forest. Uh, they're going to be screening that at Bay Street Theater this weekend. Uh, stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back. Did you lose your heart? 